Hey, and welcome to Holistically Hope with Rachel Pontillo. I'm your host, Rachel Pontillo, and today I bring you part two of my interview with the wonderful Dr. Keisha Ewers. You can catch part one on iTunes, on YouTube, as well as on my website, holisticallyhope.com. We are going to continue our discussion of Ayurveda and skincare, but today we're going to focus specifically on how meditation can be used along with Ayurvedic practices to heal from conditions, from skin conditions. Specifically, Dr. Keisha is going to share her own story with autoimmune conditions. And really the whole point is that meditation is not something that is an out there kind of modality that eh, maybe it's good for stress relief, maybe it's good for relaxation. It actually has very real benefits and can help you get very specific instruction from the universe. So please enjoy this second part of my interview with Dr. Keisha Yours. So I would love to know what brought you to Ayurveda and how it's affected not only your life, but also your skin. So I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis about 30 years ago. And I'm 51 now. And actually, it was more like 25 years ago. And it's a really interesting journey to have somebody say, this is why you're having all this pain, pain I'd never experienced in my life. I was the kind of energizer bunny. In fact, I'm always called the energizer bunny. And all of a sudden, right? I get that all the time from my patients too. All of a sudden, I have this problem where it's as if the rug's gotten swooped out from underneath my feet and I can't move, I'm in pain, my joints are swollen, and I don't have any idea what's going on. And in my medical world up to that point, I was strictly uh, <laughs> intensive care, high adrenaline junkie, you know, just all of the acute care medicine. And then all of a sudden, right? I can't move without yeah. pain. Oh so goodness. I went in, of course, and I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease. And I was told that the, you know, the only thing that I could do is to take non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And also I had this option of taking a couple of different drugs of the era, which were used for cancer or immune modulation. And so I went home and started to research these drugs and saw that I'm really going to die from the side effect of the drug and that this is just not tenable for me, right? I have four little children at this yeah. point and there's just no way. So I started researching what is, you know, what can I do? What are alternative methods? And I went on to PubMed, which is where we can get all of our research in medicine. And I found an article that had uh, yoga as a really good alternative therapy for autoimmune disease. Went to my first yoga class. I was the marathon runner. And I remember telling my friends, you know, oh my gosh, these are my running buddies. I'm going to go to a yoga class today. <laughs> and I was so conservative. I said, I've never hung out with people that chant. I'm really anxious about it, right? Oh my gosh. Now after, you know, now I'm a yoga teacher and, <laughs> and it's just crazy. So I went to my first yoga class and the yoga teacher mentioned the word Ayurveda in that class. So I went home and asked Jeeves. That was the, the search engine of the oh time. Oh, my God. I remember Jeeves. Jeeves. <laughs> put that into my little dial-up modem computer. Yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> and, and asked about Ayurveda. And what came up in the information was revolutionary, as I've said. You know, oh, 
And so I started thinking as I as I read through these different body types and what they each need and really started studying it, I thought, wow, this is a real pathway to understanding why I have this problem. And that's the main question that I was asking was, why am I killing myself? That's what autoimmune means. Right. I have turned on me and I'm killing myself. Why? So through the process of the next year, I kept asking that question and coming up with, I went into some really good deep therapy about that. I went into uh, Ayurveda very deeply, started treating my body as an individual. And within a year, my autoimmunity was gone. And I said, this is amazing. Because Ayurveda doesn't separate, you know, what your body from your mind, your spirit and your emotions. Right. And I was able to approach it from all these ways. I didn't think it was okay to express anger apparently. And I just suppressed it. So I found that out. That's not something that you get on a blood test, right? Absolutely. So I learned how to meditate. I learned all these different dysfunctional ways that I was working with my thoughts and my universe and started to release all this stuff from my body. And lo and behold, I had no more autoimmunity and haven't ever since. So Ayurveda for me is uh, functional medicine, which is another thing that I found afterwards. But functional medicine to me is Ayurveda in English. So I use both of them. Yeah, because they're both about root cause and really asking the question why. So to me, that's the most important thing that you can do. So for my skin, I, you know, I'm 51 and right now, I'll come up really close. <laughs> you don't look 51. And I've seen you I, in person. And when you told me your age, I'm like, no way. And when you told me you had four children, I'm like, no, you don't. I don't have any foundation. <laughs> I never wear makeup on my skin. I wear eyeshadow and lip stuff and some blush and that's it. So the impact it's had on my skin is right now I've got oil on my skin. You know, that's what Ayurveda encourages. So that's all I do. And my is I put oil on my skin morning and night and I eat according to my body type. I express my emotions in a healthy way. I meditate. You know, I really do uh, some of the practices that I've developed myself that I teach to my patients about looking at when you're angry, what's going on with your ego and how, what, how can you learn from that? Noticing it as a good thing, you know, that, oh, this is an opportunity to learn this conflict that I'm having. So all of those things keep you from wearing this on your face because you can see if you go through a great deal of stress, like a death in the family or something like that, people begin to look just drawn and haggard, right? Because they're not caring for themselves. And your skin, as you know and you teach, is a, just a reflection of what's going on inside. So that's been the impact it's had on my skin. You know, it's, it's, it's when we, we think about, you know, beauty coming from within and how the skin really does reflect what's going on inside, a lot of people who are coming around to this idea that what what's on the outside reflects what's on the inside, they're still... They're making the connection between food and skin, which fabulous. That's great. It's so important mm -hmm. that we make that connection. But I do find that it is harder to get people to make the connection between the emotions and the skin, the mind and the skin, and mm -hmm. some of these habits of mind that we have. Like what you were saying, finding ways to express anger in a healthy way for your type these right. are some of the things that are harder work for people because it does require more behavior modification, more really going inward and knowing 
what triggers you and how you respond so that you can kind of retrain your brain to react in a different right. way. And um, that that I think is really powerful when you consider that beauty from within isn't just the food. It, it is all of this other stuff too. And it's equally, it, it, it carries equally as much weight as the I diet. always tell people that, that diet's half and you, what you're doing with your stress is the other half. Yeah. So... In there, there's not medication, right? And, and and along with diet or food, you can say nutritional supplementation, but I would say that's about 25% and diet's the other 25 and then 50 is going to be how you're dealing with your stress. And that's everything. And people say, you know, I'll hear experts say, you need to reduce your stress. Stress is 90% of everything that goes on. Well, that's not very logical, right? Or rational. People, if you are taking care of an ill parent or a sick child or you have a job that you're working 80 hours a week at or whatever, you're in financial, you know, um, catastrophe or crisis of some kind, it's not logical to say, well, you just need to reduce your stress. Right. You know, it's it's how you are with that stress. One day I was I was sitting in meditation and I, I all of a sudden, and I'm not a sports person, so this was really interesting. I saw this batting cage come up in my vision, right? So I I saw the pitching machine pitching balls and I thought, oh, that's the universe. It just pitches balls to you and you never know if it's going to what kind of ball you're going to get. A curveball, a fastball, you know, what's going to happen. The only control you have over that is how you are at the plate. Mm. You know, keep your eye on the ball, keep your knees bent, stay relaxed and just do your best. And wow. sometimes you're going to strike out and sometimes you're going to get a home run and sometimes you'll get to the base. But if you go and kick the the batting machine, it's just going to keep spinning balls. Or if you go sit in the corner and cry, then it's just going to start filling with balls. <laughs> You'll you drown know, in it. Oh, my God. So, that, that you know, is... I just thought it's just how you are with the stress. Yes. So, yeah. That's, again, it's a fantastic analogy. And what a powerful message to get through meditation. And I, I, I'm glad that you shared that. Thank you. Because sometimes I think that a lot of people still don't understand how important meditation is, not just for stress management, not just for relaxation, but in helping us understand ourselves better and mm -hmm. get guidance. Um, I, I studied metaphysics. I know you have studied metaphysics as well. Um, and, and the main message through that practice is that, you know, we're all connected we're all one with the universe, with God, with whatever spiritual being or idea that you identify with that identifies creation. Mm -hmm. But all of the information, all of the answers are there. You just have to tune into it and be open to receive it and ask for, ask for it. Like let the universe know, okay, I'm, I, I, you know, can you be my therapist right now, please? Can you be my best friend right now, please? I need some advice. And mm -hmm. when, when you start practicing, and it, it can be simple. It can just be closing your eyes for five minutes with a relaxing song on, and then you can work your way into more. But you really can get powerful messages and powerful visualizations that might not make sense immediately. But then when you kind of reflect on it and maybe journal about it, you realize, oh my God, I was just taught this amazing life lesson. Right. I was just given this insight that 
possibly could have taken three, three therapy sessions to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I just got this in one meditation and we're all capable of doing that. It doesn't require any type of, you know, magic or training. It, exactly. We all have this already. Well, the way Ayurveda looks at it is that we're, we're not just our physical being. We also have four other layers to us. So the physical being, these are called the panchakoshas or the five sheaths or the five bodies. And we have our physical layer. We have our energetic layer that's just on this side that's picked up in Krillian photography. It's, it's called your chi in Chinese medicine, your ki in Japanese, mm-hmm. and prana in yoga, right? So it's that energetic or aura in, in Western um, an electromagnetic energy field in science, right? So then you have your emotional, your mental, your wisdom, and then the last one is called your bliss layer. And that bliss sheath is the one that we connect to each other on. So it's why there are no new ideas. It's that collective consciousness, right? And so whenever you have this epiphany or you download this great information like the batting cage, you know, that's not mine. It just got, it came from that collective. And I had access to that because I was sitting still and I was, you know, detoxed enough in all those layers that I had access to my bliss body and I could get into that collective consciousness. And that's the thing that happens with people is they get so toxic with their thoughts that they get stuck in this layer and they don't get out here. And that's another thing I love about Ayurveda is it has this, look here, you can, if you stay really healthy in your physical core and your mental and your emotional, then you're actually going to have access to wisdom and to the collective unconsciousness of all of humanity. And you can download things from God, the universe, however you say it. And I think that that's just so beautiful. And what a great way to wake up in the morning to think about how you're going to live your life, right? So it's a wonderful roadmap for living your life to your fullest potential. It's it's funny, you know, I, I get all pumped up on this because I've experienced things like this and I know how blissful that is. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I don't consider myself, you know, a super advanced practitioner of any of these modalities, but like what you were saying, just by eliminating those toxins in your, in your physical diet, those emotional toxins, being open, being ready, being available, you can mm-hmm. then access that. And it, it's, it's, um, it's really, it's like seeing God. It's like meeting God. And, uh, my, my late metaphysics teacher, Dr. Masters, he, he taught that if you want to go to heaven, if you want to know what heaven is, you, you have to just practice this because we all carry the kingdom of heaven with us all the time and we can access it at any time. And when you get to that blissful state, that is what heaven is. Mm -hmm. Well, and even further, what happens from that is you don't just see God, but you get your reflection back as part of God. Right. So you get the divine spark that lives in each of us so that when you get up from your meditation cushion, when you meet another person like you, I see God in you, you know, and that's where they're um, putting their hands together and saying namaste. Namaste. You know, it's not just a casual greeting like hello or goodbye or aloha or, you know, it's it's saying, no, like, I recognize the divine light that's in you. It's a reflection of the divine light that's in me and every other person on this planet. And if everyone could live like that, then we wouldn't have so much conflict and all of the things that we go through with our egos. 
So Ayurveda has that wonderful path laid out for each individual body, mental, heart type to be able to access that works for them and their unique constitution. So that's, to me, just so wonderful. Thank you again for joining us today. And of course, thank you again to Dr. Keisha Ewers for all of the amazing information she shared with us in both parts one and part two of our interview. To learn more from Dr. Keisha, to take her free dosha quiz and to download her ebook, head on over to her website at drkeisha.com. That's D-R-K-E-E-S-H-A.com. And of course, if you enjoyed this interview, please subscribe to my channel and be sure to pass it along and share all the good stuff with your friends. And also be sure to head on over to my website at holisticallyhope.com and leave a comment to share your thoughts. Thank you again, and I will be back soon with another episode. Have a beautiful day.